Simmons. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. Welcome back to another edition of the Lunchtime Catch-Up. My name is Grant Hill. With me is Scott. Hello, everyone. Well then, um, a bit of a uh, a bit of a happy happy thing that's happened to us here at the podcast. Everybody is that uh, you're probably hearing it right now. We've had one of Scott's mates come in. Thank you very much to Clay. Uh, Clay's come in and, and set us up properly with regards to our mics and our overall audio setup. So uh, I hope everybody's hearing this in uh, in good old Dolby stereo. Um, but uh, one thing this is going to allow us to do, Scott, is uh, get some guests onto the show. Yeah, this is uh, so much more exciting for us. So you can hear us sort of equally in, uh, in sound. But uh, this allows us also, um, with new equipment that's come in, to uh, have online guests um, to come in on the podcast. And uh, so we've got some really good guests coming up. Um, I, I know even next week uh, we're planning to have a bit of a VFL orientated show. Yeah. And uh, if the guest that we believe is coming on, you could not get a better source of how the VFL is going because it could that's be straight a, from the a top. Decent, so, it's a pretty decent hint. So, yeah, some really exciting stuff. Um, we've got obviously Jamie City, he's agreed to come on. We've got a few others. Um, well, let's see if Ron Connolly will still come on. He said yes. So we've got some really good guests coming on. Nice. We've got some good back office. We've got some good former players. Um, the good, the, the former players are, I'm really looking forward to. That'll be great. The former players and the coaches. Um, so that we're really looking forward to it. All right. So the Carlton game. The Carlton game, what do we think? I guess it's another one of those games where we've gone down to... Um, Gone down to the level of a of a not so good team, and it's cost us. It's sorry, it almost cost us. Almost cost us. Yeah. Yeah. Well, last week we um, spoke about this game, and we said what were the kind of the key elements. One was our approach to the game, um, and I know I know I mentioned uh, Cruiser, and he was kind of fifty fifty at that stage, and I really felt like if he was out, I was going in really confident, and if he was in, I was actually nervous. Um, it's always interesting when you see the response after this game. It was actually um, quite full on the response from fans oh, on social media. I agree, usually. Um, a little, a little bit I get, and a little bit I don't get because I think we all know the history of Essendon and Carlton. Like for twenty years, no game has been predictable. Nah. It's Doesn't normally been close. Yep. The two teams are just. You just know the whole hierarchy between the two clubs. They don't like each other. No, no. I'm just telling, please beat this side. <laughs> and they would have they would have loved to kick us out of the finals Hugely. to be the team. So yeah, absolutely. I know that second quarter was a, a, a bit of a disaster. I think we all know that. Yep. But I'm wrapped that they came back in the last quarter. And we just had a bit of mental steel about us. Um, so I think with the North game and the Carlton game this month of games where we should win... I just like that in the last quarter, we've just steeled ourselves and gone, no, we're going to win this. And we have. Yeah, I guess it, it would be really disappointing right now if we were talking the fact that North Melbourne and Carlton both ran over the top of us. But I guess, I mean, one of the, the points we were making before we started the podcast was that someone like um, Hooker, who had been what, he, what, what Hooker did, basically, but in the last quarter, he kept presenting. He kept running up at the ball and he kept presenting and he kept putting himself in a position where he can win the game. Okay, his kicking wasn't spectacular, 
but he kept putting himself in that position. That's really encouraging. There was no head dropping. Well, at least there's a, a sense of strong leadership with Hooker because the North Melbourne game, he kicked four goals and won the yeah. game. Yeah. Um, and now you've got the Carlton game where he's had five contested marks and, yeah, he's kicked two or three points in a row. Um, but, gee, a lot of the team did that. At one stage, we kicked 11 points in a row. 11 points, man. That's... Um, that so hurts so yeah, much. Yeah, that kills you. Yeah. Um, so the game actually should have been well under control yeah. um, probably halfway through the second quarter. So I just like the fact with Hooker that, one, he was really the most dangerous forward on the ground um, in that last quarter. So he's the person that stood up. Uh, so outside of his kicking, which I'm sure that's a preseason <laughs> to work on. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I just like that the mental steel, the resilience that he just kept on presenting. And he was the one that got us in front. Um, so I, I was actually quite proud of him in, in, a, in a sense. He's kicked 35 goals for the year. And yeah. I tweeted out to fans that at this stage, he with 35 goals, he would have actually won our goal-kicking award seven of the last eight years yeah. with 35 so we've got there's a little bit of an understanding one obviously how poor we've been the last seven or eight years yeah. uh, well at Let's least our, fo- in, yeah. our forward setup anyway yeah. um, but he is going to kick 40 goals and I keep mentioning it every week um, how important a forward like that is and how much that helps out Joe and I'm going to keep preaching it yeah um, I know he's a better back but I'll keep preaching how important he is to Stuart and Joey. That whole setup and in and uh, Waller, yeah. How important is how how important a big tall bloke taking marks or hitting packs or or causing spillages at packs for Waller to earn his bread and butter and Raz to earn their bread and butter. Yeah. So the I bet you if you ask the all of the coaches in the comp, do you want players leading up to the ball in the last five minutes of the game presenting to be able to have the midfielders when they look up have a target at the other end of the ground and I agree with what you're saying is that yeah fine he's he's a great backman I'll, I'll give you that but Michael Hartley is doing a job Michael Hurley's doing a job Ambrose comes in and does okay it was all around not a great game but Hooker's great in that forward line. If yeah. we are, the, are we not the number one ranked forward line in the comp, or number two, or something? I think we're about third or fourth. Third or fourth. So I mean, you can't ask for much more yeah. than that. I guess where we let down, and the and the the guys we've sort of written down here that didn't get the job done. Um, I'm going to put my hand up and uh, say that uh, our <laughs> who did our you say was going to be VOG last week? The former captain uh, in Job, he, he just he didn't get it done. And I guess everybody that was the other thing on on social media that we noticed was that Job's got to go. He's taking up the space of a guys. Look, Scotty. Scotty makes a really good point. Is that I think I think now if you were speaking to Wusha, he would he'd agree that Job and six day um, turnarounds. It's not, not working. Really, no, yeah. it's not working. So I guess, and that's fine. I mean, he, he can have a day off. He can have a, a week off because he's Job Watson, and that's fine. But I think I'd, I've got to put my hand up. I thought he would. Uh, I thought he'd step up after the um, the North game, but. He, he just didn't get it done. And he's Job and he's going to be a champion of the club forevermore. But uh, it's it's heading in the wrong way for Job. And that's that's fine. I mean, he might come out this week and get 35. He's absolutely capable of doing it. But he, he didn't get it done. But having said that, our midfield, apart from um, Apple and, and Z- uh, Zarakis, they really didn't get it done. 
I mean, Cruiser Cruiser dominated. He was hitting it to anybody he liked. Um, no, well, they won in. I think there was they were up thirteen in clearances, Carlton. So it's still a concern that hurts the, the midfield, um, and that's why Zach Merritt, which we'll talk about later, suspension is a really big hit mm. um, because we're a little bit down on probably midfield talent in itself. And we've relied on him. We've relied, relied on him yeah. a fair bit. Like, he's been our 30-plus 30, 30 touch guy, mm. um, and it's taken a bit of uh, pressure off Heppel, and there hasn't been that much pressure on Job. But, but without him this week, it hurts a lot. But, I mean, yeah. to, on, concentrating on the positives, concentrating on the positives of this... We won. And we won, right? <laughs> like, this is the thing, is that... <laughs> Wow, on the on social media again, there's everybody they were throwing the toys out of the cot because we nearly lost again. But we nearly lost, but we won the thing, guys. That's, I mean, good performances again from McKenna. Great, that kid's growing every single day. He's probably due for a. Uh, <laughs> there's one man that stands out. There's, but there's, there's McKenna's going to give you one clanger a game, roughly. But he's done really well. Stewart again, another solid game from him. There's Hurls, still one man that stands another out. Another guy. No, mate, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. <laughs> another good game from Hurls. I just want. I just want. Just give me the dreadlocks. Okay, Hurls and the, who are you talking about? What happened to be Waller? <laughs> yes, it was Waller. The man was everywhere. He was. He was every bit as magic he was as he is. Sensational. Yep. Super talented goal of the year, probably um, between a guy's legs. Stayed with the ball between the guy's legs. Kicked it. He's he's a freakish. We've we've got this kid out of nowhere, and he's now like having a top ten draft pick that's come through. Yeah, um, what I've got to love Waller. He at every every side needs X factor, absolute X factor. He could do just literally do anything. Eddie Betts love they love Eddie Betts for that for that fact, but. We've got a, a kid in Waller that's going to do that for a lot of years. How old is he? 23-odd, somewhere around there? Yeah, early 20s. Early yeah. 20s. So we've got how, him for a good long time. By the way, that goal at the end where he ran in, how cool and calm was that goal? Like, I know. it's. I've seen so many guys, when that crowd goes ballistic, just stuff up that kind of kick. Yep. And actually, usually try and dribble through the ground and everything. No, he's no. halfway up the post. Half up the post, mm-hmm. straight through. Have a look at the replay. You couldn't get any more middle. Yeah, absolutely. That ball. And it was just, he's just laughing all the way. Just the and crowd and oh, I know what I'm doing. He's running inside 50 and he had a good lot of meters on people. Having said that, as I sit in my reclining chair right now, I hadn't run an entire game of football. But I was wondering why he kicked it from like 35. Uh, he had a guy from the side actually coming in that was closing in. Oh, so there was like, not only was there a guy behind him, but there was a, if you look at the replay, there was a Carlton guy coming from the side. Um, but he. But that's the confidence. That's the, he just had full confidence. Hugely. And, and special mention um, to Stewart. That that's actually a big play by Stewart because that was a one on one, and so he's picked up the ball. But he's nailed a forty meter pass. Yeah. And perfectly. And Waller just did not have to stop at all. Yeah. Um, and that that's two big kicks in high pressure moment Again, game on the line another presenting too he presented mm. he went for the ball he attacked it there was um, the fitness is there to keep doing it and then the perfect pass to Waller but I just I love the fact that Waller gambled he he ran forward of everybody and mate that's a that guy's a forward every day yeah. of the week he's a forward um, well, all, it's just everything at the moment but he's the, like the smother in the last quarter just all those little things his pressure um, he's tackling. He's um, really one of the, the young guys, but he's setting the standard for the club. He really is setting a standard. Now, by the way, I didn't mention in the rundown, so sorry about this, Grant. But um, Paddy Ambrose's first game back, 
I was actually having a look at the stat today, and he obviously played on Kerno. Kerno's had one goal, four marks. Throughout the whole game. Throughout the whole Damn. And I thought, that's he's, Paddy Ambrose to me. Like, he's the quiet I, achiever, I, he, that Yeah, player. he's always one of those players go, oh, who did he play on? Oh, that's right, he played on Kerno. Or what did Kerno do? Oh, yeah, oh, actually, he did not much. Yeah, <laughs> exactly right. Um, and that's his first game back. So that's a really good sign that he's, you know, he's yeah. a, obviously Kerno's a really good up-and-coming He is, he's pretty forward. mobile too. Yeah, so um, having him shut out the game was um, obviously very good. So um, well done, Paddy. Yep. Uh, who else did we thought? Oh, look, the skipper. Heps. Yeah, absolutely. Brilliant game. Yeah. Brilliant, brilliant game. Again, everywhere. Every time I look at that guy... He he seems to get better. He's he's got the weight of the captaincy on his shoulder now, but he's still capable. That's why I've got some confidence, I guess, when uh, when uh, Zach Merritt's going to be out. Is that Dyson will understand he needs to put a lot more time of that of that kind of effort that he put in against Carlton again this week. So we are so lucky to have that bloke. Yeah, um, well, we were a side that just was not going well in clearances. Probably in that last two minutes, he had two huge clearances. So. Um, one of them obviously led to the Waller goal. Yeah. So he was he was sensational, and he's he's probably had a really good three weeks actually as skipper. So yeah. He, so where are we at? Well, I, mean, I, I just <laughs> want to I want to re-emphasize that we won. Essendon supporters, seriously, everybody out there, and it's a rival. Like it's a it's a massive rival. We we've beaten Carlton. Collingwood twice. We've beaten Carlton, the main the other main rival that we've got. We beaten uh, Hawthorne. I've beaten Hawthorne, guys. Let's. For the last few games of this year, let's really be positive with... There's a lot of t- tired players out there. We understand that there are certain players in the club that probably aren't going to be there next year. We know it, right? It's mm. And everybody knows it. So I guess I just on social media, it would be great to see if somebody has a bad game like Jove or somebody like that. It's okay to acknowledge. It's okay to, to, be fr- to feel frustrated. But guys, we really... We, we've overperformed this year in in every single way i believe i mean our mids we've got some work to do there we, we that's the key area that's the key area to, but our forward geez. is totally surprised everyone totally surprised everyone is, it's no one saw that coming beautiful setup the back line with hartley and hurley um and now patty ambrose again and, and mcgrath and all those guys down there we're really and kelly we're doing really well there is a couple of areas that are glaringly obvious guys on social media really present that united front we understand the issues and but really be positive trying to try and get that positive spin on the post that you put up i guess even in true to the red sash that there are players literally that read that there are there are literally players current players that read that web uh, that facebook page so i appreciate where you're coming from with the with the frustration and, and job getting how many touches he got so 11, 11 yeah. touches and it, it, it's it's not okay the club knows it, Job knows it, and everybody knows it. So it'd be great for the last four games or whatever it is. Let's let's really be positive. We understand that there's certain players, but let's be really positive. Your posts can be about how you think we can improve next year. What can we do for the remaining few games of the, of the season? So really try and get that um, positivity in place. Yeah, well, I mean, the fact is we've won four of the last five. So <laughs> it's, that's it, exactly right. It's... It's positive no matter where you look at it, and oh, we've got kids we're all through. seeing we're all seeing the areas now we need to improve on. Um, but that's that's I, for the whole year. That's really where we're at. Like 
course we need some things to improve on. Mm. We, in, we, we introduced 19 new players this Absolutely. year. Absolutely. Under um, Wusher and a new coach. And it's their 10th win. Um, I still think we're going to win two of the next three. So if we come away with 12 wins or 13 wins, hopefully, um, it, there's so much more positivity. Um, and we'll talk about maybe later on about um, changes and, and maybe even what, what we might do in the off-season. But, yeah, I think there's there's some clear things we need to improve, um, but some clear positives that are coming through with some of our under-25 players. I'm, and if you if you concentrate on those, those positive sides, I mean... Paddy Ambrose coming back is a huge positive. McGrath is exactly the player we thought he was going to be. Um, I think there's there's a lot more positives about the club and the direction that we're going in. And even like the tag versus no tag thing. I think Woosh is learning. I mean, Woosh is an experienced coach, but he's not experienced coaching the players that we've got. And all the personalities in the club and the expectations and all that sort of stuff. So he's learning too. But guys, I, I keep referring back to the, to the Western Bulldogs um, analogy that I, I say to you, Scott, is that it took um, the Western Bulldogs two, three, four years, maybe th- two or three years, under the same coach with the same players learning the game plan where they, they didn't have massive forwards, they didn't have huge key position players, but they managed to knock off GWS, they managed to knock off Hawthorne and everybody because they were well-drilled in the... In the um, the game plan which allowed them to make little changes we're, we're still learning the game plan and i'm not surprised Wisher doesn't change things regularly i think he wants to drill into the players the game plan that he wants to establish but then and once that's drilled in and they know it backwards and it seems to be working if someone needs to be tagged halfway through a game then he can take somebody out and he knows that it won't affect um, the overall process as much as potentially it would at the moment because we're still learning um the overall game plan so think, it's yeah. hugely positive I think it'll be interesting next week um, having actual VFL kind of show um, especially with our guest discussing where a lot of those next tier players um, belong in the seniors yeah because uh, I think for Essendon fans uh, a big part of their discussion is the midfield and where does that look like in the next two years mm. um, because the Goddard and Jobs in the next couple of years will will be gone. Stance and Hocking. And... Yeah, yeah. So we still need a, quite a bit of talent to, to run through there. And, and I know we've got guys like Kobe Much and a few other guys, Clark. And, Clark yeah. um, so it will be interesting to see how they're, they're viewed in the VFL and, and how they're progressing. Um, so I'm really looking forward to next week because one of the things I love talking about is how the kids are developing, mm. um, where, to, where their strengths and weaknesses are. Um, but yeah, so I mean, when there's no Job, when there's no Job, there's no potentially no Goddard, and that stuff. What is our best? That's one of the one of the questions I want to ask our mystery guest. Um, <laughs> is what does our best midfield look like? I mean, in two years' time, what does our best midfield look like? I mean, it's Parish yeah. and Zach and stuff. But is it is it going to be Dylan Clark? Where does he really see? Well, do do you do you then because the forward setup so strong? Do you then really have a preseason for a Laverde kind of guy to say, actually, we really need you in the midfield, yeah. and we need you to have a midfield body? Um, or, like you said, do we Langford? Um, obviously, I believe will go in the midfield. Yep. Uh, so, look, there's McGrath. obviously McGrath will go into the midfield. Yep. There's players there, but I think I'm just nervous and how that all turns out and mm. how all the mix is. Um, I, st- I still think, yeah, I still think we need to trade in. Um, mm. 
but that's just my personal I agree. view. You, you were saying earlier today that, that we, we're one really classy midfielder away. Yeah. Like a, a Jacob Hopper or a, a Josh Kelly or, a, I mean, that's pie-in-the-sky stuff, but um, yeah. one really, really classy midfielder away. And then, say, Dylan Clark doesn't have to be a 30-possession footballer or something along those lines. So I definitely will be asking those questions next week is that, do you see Dylan Clark starting in the middle? Do you you see feel like our two ends are quite strong because I'm confident the Ridleys and Francis will really sure up the back line. Yeah. Um, and I think the forward setup's really strong. But the problem is the midfield is such a key area. Yeah. And and it's, for me, the where the club needs to address them. I'm sure they are already. Yeah. I'm sure Dodoro's on the phone to everyone. Um, but that's, the, that's really a, a key area. Um, and I'll tell you what, I wouldn't underestimate Essendon's potential now as a club of choice. Yeah, for, exactly. For other, cl- for other well, players. When you're a club now that has the, you know, the, the highest average attendance. Yeah. Um, Brands making new facilities. Yeah. Uh, a lot of clouds have been lifted. Yep, the issues behind us well and truly. So, yeah, we should be a heck of a lot more attractive club to go to. Mm. And they, they would have seen our play. I think one of the bonuses is is how much the media and commentators and everything talk about how we're the most exciting team to watch and play. Mm. So that's, that's in itself. Get, when players go, you know, oh dear, I'd love to play for that brand of football. Yeah, you know, I'm hoping that's that's what's coming across. And so, is there two that you you would like? Put you on the spot. I mean, Josh <laughs> Kelly, Jacob Hopper, Paddy Dangerfield. Look, Hopper Hopper is the name that sticks out to me mainly as a more could be a realistic name as a target. Um, I suspect Kelly will go to GWS or like remain with GWS or go to the Blues. Mm. I think their connections are a little bit too strong. Yeah. Martin sounds like he's going to re-sign with Richmond, which yep. kind of makes sense. So Hopper, um, maybe Billings, but I doubt Billings will come across. Yeah. Um, so do we want to do we want outside speed or do you want another in and under mid? Uh, I think we want to. Well, both. yeah. Well, it's a very hard one, isn't it? Because we're we're obviously down in clearances this year, and we've been struggling. So we need to find people who can get the ball. I reckon um, under. I reckon that's what we Because believe it or not, um, I was actually going to bring this up. Um, so when people, uh, when people talk about Joe Watson, he's actually leading the club in centre clearances. Is he really? Yes. So look. If you actually want to hear Joe Watson's stats, he, I actually did them today. So I was just I was just curious because I think everyone saw the Ron Connolly piece. Um, sorry, Grant, yeah, I know you didn't, but I didn't know he was quite forthright that Job's lost it basically. Okay. Um, um, so I thought I had a look, and Jeez, he, he's averaging to get thirty this week. So he's averaging really so far this year, and I do understand his last two weeks have been poor. So I I do know in context. Yep. Um, but if you did sum up a guy's year and, and said he averaged 24 disposals, averaged 9.6 contested possessions, had 71% disposal efficiency, so you'd go, okay, it's not bad, but 71% is actually uh, the same as Hep, Parrish, Zach Merritt, and Zaharakis, and Collier's at 68%. See, there you go. So there's, yeah. there's not too much difference when he's get the ball, though his decision-making has been a little bit less Joe Watson-like this yeah. year. I think that's a given. Um, so he's averaging 4.6 clearances and 2.6 centre clearances, which is um, actually over one um, 
clearance than any other player in the club. So um, averaging almost five tackles a game too. So it's not disaster. Yeah, and no, I, I think I, that's why I get a little bit frustrated. Yeah. But and if you picked up his picked out his worst games, most of them have been six six day breaks. So really, Job just needs a seven day kind of break. So that's look. I I feel like cutting him some slack. Um, he's a champion in the club, and I know I I tweeted some emotional stuff. I get very emotional with Job, so please excuse that. Um, I just love the guy and what he's been through, all the booing, all the accusations, everything like that. Um, I, even a few people got a little bit disappointed thinking I'm t- putting him in, ahead of the club. But look, I'm always club first. Um, I just kind of feel like that there's three games remaining. and It I could just, be his last three. Yeah, exactly. And I, I just want him to be honoured. Um, that's more my desire. Um, yes, I want to make the finals and... And, and the right decisions need to be made. But, um, yeah, I just I just have such a high regard for the guy. And again, like what you're saying, two, it's two bad games, I understand. But I can assure you there's other players in that club that have had two bad games and, well, yeah, in you, a row. And If we're going to be blunt, you know, our Ruckman's been clear, cleaned up there you go. two weeks in a row. Right, so. There you go. So it's not... It's because it's he's Job, and, and yeah, that's why... Um, I think we've laboured enough on the subject. But I guess it's he's... He's not going too bad. Overall, as a season, he's not going too bad. He averaged 25 possessions as a career as a footballer, and he'd done pretty good. So, And another thing just on social media, um, I think people misunderstood what I was saying about Zach Merritt's suspension. I have no doubt <laughs> the club and Zach Merritt is really annoyed with his actions. Yeah. So let's put that first, because it was a silly action... Um, Very something, out of, out something, of character. Yeah, it's something that you can tell he's going to have to work through because the last four or five weeks, other clubs have identified to really put that kind of attention into him. Um, he's been tagged quite a bit, and now he's getting really heavy attention. Um, he obviously got that big knock in the back and was quite sick on the bench, and he was obviously angry. So he's come on and, and done these. He's done what we all saw. I think we've all been there. I think we've all got so and, frustrated at something that he just he lashed out. And yeah. he's, it's he's the first time no for different. him too. Yeah, it's, it's no it, different. It's the first time for him. Um, it's it is awkward timing, no doubt about it. And that's where he will be really that's the annoyed yeah. himself. But I'm gonna let that slide because I I believe so high in his character, and and he's very very professional unit. So. I doubt that will happen again. Yeah, um, I'm sure there'll be some shoving and all that sort of stuff, but not to that kind of action. Uh, so I don't have too much concern. Uh, but look, my my frustration was, and obviously I tweeted about the the tribunal result. Um, it's not it's not forgiving Zach Merritt's action. It's just frustration with the tribunal on how same scenarios come out with completely different outcomes like second for second like yeah. it's the, the dif- there's no difference you put the video next to the video and yeah. it's exactly the same yeah is no doubt and obviously we've all seen the Cochin one well, a couple of them actually and we've seen just other examples like that and it is so like for like and it just frustrates fans yeah. that you don't know what the outcome will ever be. There should be such normal consistency yeah. on those kind of actions yeah. going, okay, that was like that. that He's punched him in the stomach. Whatever. It's a fine. He's got up and run away, so everything's fine. He hasn't gone to the bench. Um, I'm a little bit suspicious on the doctor's report by Carlton, by the yeah. way, 
because that just doesn't sound right because yeah. he got up and played so they no doubt interviewed the club doctor so what the hell did that guy say yeah um, just quietly uh, Mr. Carlton doctor um, because that's not a medium impact no. like and that's why it's hard because I, I want to argue that point on a on a tribunal note even outside of Zach Merritt because um, Hawkins should be frustrated yeah. for getting two weeks. Because yep. um, I didn't see that. There's been loads of that as examples and they've been having fines. So it, it's just across the board. It's just a frustrating system that's set up at the moment. So please understand, that's my frustration. Zach Merritt's actions are poor. It's not great for kids to look at and say that's how you resolve it. I get all that. Um, it's bad timing. I get all that. My just... I just have this little bugbear in me where I just like consistency and I just like fairness. Um, <laughs> call it call it a few court cases we've had mm, that haven't yeah, gone our way. Yeah. Um, I just you know just I just want normal processes because um, I'm a guy that probably with my work, <laughs> it's processes is streamlined through to you and and you just have certain things that from step one to step five you got to do and everything yep. comes out pretty much similar. And it just frustrates me when a professional body of this country um, should be the AFL, which is our biggest code, just has a simplistic model, which is actually set up not too bad, but it's, they don't actually the obey it. Yeah, yeah. It's, the, it's the interpretation, I think, that frustrates everybody. I mean, Eddie, excuse me, <coughs> Eddie Maguire on the, on the radio this morning made a really good point. I can't believe I just said that, but Eddie Maguire made a really good point. <laughs> Um, I will slap you later. Yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> trust me. Um, Brady Grundy, great tackle. Great tackle on Ben Brown. Retarded the arm, couldn't allow him to get the handball away. Perfect tackle. The fact that he hit the deck and he crunched his head, that was a result of the tackle. Okay, fine. But what Eddie's point was is that they came out of the tribunal and the tribunal said the reason why he got suspended was that AFL players have a duty of care to the, to the person that they're tackling. And a duty of care was a dangerous tackle or whatever it was. Now, Eddie made a really good point in that where is that written in the rule book? Because he said he went onto the AFL website and he looked at the rules of tackling. And he Mm. said pretty much it's a player must be tackled below the shoulders and above the knees. That's it. There's no ruling in there or no obligation or no... uh, um, obligation on the players that the players need to know that when you tackle someone you then have an obligation of care to them now no one's going to try and sling tackle a bloke into the fence and try and seriously hurt the man but Eddie said put the rule on the players we can educate the players so that when you put a tackle like that in you then have this obligation to make sure that he doesn't hit the deck too hard but yeah. at the moment there's no rule so they're basically rubbing a guy out for a rule that doesn't exist. Hmm. They're just saying that, oh, no, 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 it's, it's, it's implicit. It's Everybody has a, a duty of care to the person they're tackling. No, they don't. It's not written in the rules anywhere. Like, you've, if, you, if you know you're about to sling tackle a dude into the fence, then you probably don't do that. But if you've got a tackle in play in the middle of the field and you grab him perfectly and chuck him to the ground, that's been AFL football for 100 years. Yeah. The fact that you, you retarded his hand and he couldn't get it up so he hit his head... I hate to say it, but that sucks. But that's football. You, you're going to get 
you have the ability well, to get hurt. Just write it into the rule if you. And that's what I'm saying. Write it into the rule if you if you retard a player sufficiently that when they are tackled, the result is you hurt them. You hurt them, then it's a free kick, or you get fined, or you get a week. But at the moment, Eddie's the one and only point that I will give Eddie McGuire is that he this player got suspended for a duty of care that doesn't exist in any rule book anywhere. Well. Strangely, too, I don't know if you saw this, but Jake Melksham <laughs> elbows a guy flat in the head. Really? <laughs> and he got off. It's strange when yeah, you look at it. When I you don't... look at it, it's strange. And, it and looked... I like, I love Milk, so great. Yeah. Get off. But boy, talk about inconsistency. Like, oh. And that, that's all the commentators. I hear James Brasher all the time say um, they just don't understand. No. All the club land does not understand. You can't. You, you think it's going to go one way because I think I saw somebody on on the on your Red Sash page. They put in the names of six or eight or nine or something like that players that have been charged with that kind of punch or that kind of oh, act. Yeah, yeah. And nine of them got fines, and the only two people to get suspensions was Zach Merritt and whoever else got a week. Um, I don't know now. I oh, saw that's it. annoying. Sorry, sorry about that, guys. I, I forgot the other name. But there's two players that have got a fine for it, and like nine or ten other people who do the same sort of jumper punch have got a, a fine for it. So it just it must frustrate. I think it might have been Luke Hodge after about two or three attempts. Oh, that's right. That, that's exactly who it was. Well done. Uh, it was Luke Hodge on a third a, a third um, yeah. indiscretion. Yeah. So it's Zach Merritt on one, never even been close to doing anything like that in the past, and he gets well, rubbed out. The for frustration him. too, like say for the definition of medium impact, now it's so broad because obviously with Zach's um, indiscretion, the guys got up straight away and run on, but Zach Merritt himself on Anzac Day got has, wiped out. Has Greenwood elbowing him to sort of, I guess, brushing his shoulder, but then whacking him in the jaw. Yeah. Merritt's forced off the field, gets concussion test and everything like that, yep. comes on in the next quarter. That's deemed as the exact same as <laughs> exactly as right. Zach hitting the other guy. Yeah. And you go, well, no, that is genuinely medium impact. Yeah. Because he had to leave the field, had to have tests. That's a medium impact. A low is if two seconds later you're running off to get the ball. Yeah. So 100% that's just my view. No, um, so that's... So, like I said again, the, it's balancing both arguments of silly by Zach, but on Absolutely. a broader sense, yeah, we'll need to look at that yeah. because wouldn't have been an issue it's, if it's he didn't too whack him yeah, it's way too inconsistent. Yeah. So, look, give us your feedback, guys. Um, get th- uh, send your feedback through on um, on the Red Sash Facebook page, or send it through to um, the Lunchtime Catchup at gmail let, let us know what you think. Let us. Uh, we're, we're really interested to. We're getting some great emails from you guys coming through. Um, and it really helps us to uh, to understand you guys. Uh, and, and and by the way, we hit over seventeen hundred downloads. Seventeen hundred downloads. So we've hit thirty countries now. Thank you very much, guys, for uh, for for listening to us. We really appreciate. We always it. provide great feedback. And um, yeah, uh, do you know what? Even on social media, I know it can be a bit full on, but um, you develop such good friends and people you know, and like there's just so many good people I know on Facebook and Twitter. I talk to regularly, and and you guys know who you are, and. It's just, it's just, I like that kind of community um, of fans. And that's, yeah, great. it's a little bit come out of the saga, but it's one of those sort of positives that came out of the saga. Absolutely. That, the, that we are quite tight knit. But I love that we actually 
sort of throwing it into the rest of the other 17 clubs that were the most attended crowd in games. I kind Absolutely. of love that we're like, yep. here we are, guys. We're, not only are we still around, now we're just back to where we were, being and dominant. Somebody's <laughs> going to write a book, I swear. Someone should write a book about the saga and then the um, the the back end of the process. In the, yep. the Coming out the other end, not only well, but better. Yep. Like coming out with incredible um, 60... How is it? 67,000 members now? 67,700, is it? 67,700 yeah. members. And that's that's pretty much done for the year. That's and the most up. attended club uh, in the AFL. So, guys, congratulations. And I, I bet you a million bucks when we get some of our um, our guests on, our SNN guests. Um, one of those questions will be, can you tell us about the membership and, and what it means to the club? So... We'll, we'll get those guys to give us actual direct feedback about what that means to the club. And I mean, I know it, it's great financially for the club, but it's also got to be great for the for the players to know that 67,000 of us have, are paid up members um, and that really yep. are, are turning up to the games. I mean, North Melbourne would give their back teeth for the kind of attendance if that they had them, has. Yeah. If they um, um, so look, there's a couple of things I want to mention um, before we go on to possible changes uh, for next week and next week's game. By the way, um, our good friend Rick Edwards, who came onto the show on episode three, so he's actually his book that we are Essendon, which is a fantastic book. Great read. Um, he's actually outside gate seven this week at Etihad before the game. Um, there's a little green squiggly thing outside gate seven, what right next to the big that? needle that, yeah, that, that enormous... we that me and you meet at before yeah, a game. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> our meeting place. Uh, but he's he's going to um, sign some books. If you want to buy one, I think they're going to be twenty five dollars, which Bargain. is a little bit off the um, the store price. So um, go see Rick go, um, before the game. Should be awesome. He's done some incredible research um, that that fills out that book. And I, there's I bet you I, I bet you you'll learn things about the whole saga and the club and Asada and the AFL. I bet you you will learn stuff that you didn't know. 25 bucks is a bargain. Go out and what gate was it again? Gate 7 and he's from 6.40pm onwards. 6.40pm, um, gate 7. Um, tell them Scotty and Grant sent you out to, uh, to yeah. get a book. You'll probably still have to pay $25. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, tell them Scott sent you and he'll take it from 27 to $25, which is actually the price that he's going to sell them for anyway. That's okay. Well, you've got but, great discounts. Speaking of, uh, of prizes with absolutely no benefit... Um, I wanted to pass on, and we missed it last week. Oh, yeah, we did um, miss it. I felt bad. I, yeah, we did. And <clears throat> my apologies to uh, the uh, the inaugural winner of the uh, <laughs> of the absolutely no prize award because we can't afford it yet. Uh, and that's Luke Baird. Congratulations oh, that was the to Rammer. Luke. Yeah, the Ramanaskis. The, the clip. That's yeah. exactly right. It was um, Ramanaskis, by the way, that clip in episode four. That's exactly <laughs> what it was. He shot an email through to the lunchtime catchup at gmail.com. And uh, correctly picked it as Rama. He was the first through. A heap of you sent through emails, which is great. Thanks very much. Yeah. But Luke was the first person to uh, to get in. So Luke, you win absolutely nothing other than our thanks very much. And uh, you obviously know your Essendon highlights. So uh, congrats to you, Luke. Yes. And by the way, you can buy Cacao Hunters chocolate online now. Cacao so Hunters. I'll be doing that this week. So yeah, absolutely. Again, not a not a sponsor. Just we we love their product. We're supporting Herdy. <laughs> So um, 
Look, going into now next week. So, look, huge discussion today. I probably went a little bit nuts on Twitter on possible you changes. Nuts on Twitter? Yeah. No. I have one of those days where I tweeted and then debated my own tweet and going, that was a stupid tweet. Okay. Um, so I copped a little bit of a flack because I said, how about we bring in Stanton? Um, well, and I, and why I, did that cop it? Well, I'm not quite sure why. I think they felt like... It adds another, probably a slower midfielder to a Howlett, Watson, Myers. Which I kind of get. But, like, he's actually killing it in the VFL. So, I agree. So, Merritt is a guy, is, is, is a, is a, Merritt is kind of player that just constantly gets the ball. Yep. And Stanton's actually pretty similar. Um, granted, they're different parts of their, their career. Agreed. Um, but it was just something I thought of today and went, well, he's actually kicking like two goals a game at the moment and having like thirty odd touches. So, if how good is form? Back, how good a form is he actually in? Um, if he doesn't come back for this game, do we see him before the end of the year? Uh, look, it's really tough because um, I'll say yes if we lose tragically to Gold Coast and this week. Okay. So, if we're out of the finals race, then I would expect there'll be quite a big influx of players. Yeah. Um, but you would think we would beat Gold Coast because um, today it was announced. Yeah, Rocket f- history. No, well, Lynch, their full forwards out for the year. Oh, that so, I didn't know. Yeah, so um, that's a that's a huge. What did he do? Uh, they're talking about an, like an ACL injury or something. Like that. So oh, that is not what Gold Coast need. Man. Got, so it's one of the reasons yeah. why Rocket ain't there is they've had so many injuries. Well, yeah, I actually feel for Rocket. He's just. You seem to coach there and they just have injury after injury. So yeah, he, we've he never really seen a best 22 from Gold Coast play. The proverbial Scheisenhausen but show. They've still got some organisation problems. And I mean, the AFL's, yeah, they have to have them successful. So they've yeah. sent people up there and they'll they'll find a good coach. They'll send uh, Dean up there. Mr. <laughs> <laughs> <Just the> Robinson. <laughs> yeah. Uh, enough of those jokes. Um, so, so, look, on the game this week against the Crows... Obviously, we've found out today that Fantasia's out for five or six weeks, which is a real, 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 oh, real suck. Um, I was actually just gutted by that. Because, um, look, in all honesty, it counts as them out pretty much for the year. For the season, yeah. I doubt even with you have six weeks off, you're going to play grand final day. <laughs> Having said that, we've we've been really blessed with injuries. Knocking Yeah, exactly. And with this microphone, you can really you can absolutely hear that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we noticed with this microphone too, you can hear a lot more sound. So even my even my boy upstairs, because we're in a basement, was bouncing the basketball. Like, oh, okay, there's a basketball stereo sound. There. We've we've picked up an incredible, and again, thank you to Clay. We've picked up some incredible new um, audio gear. Now we need to actually <laughs> have silence. Have silence throughout the entire house. I've got to so be a parent. And yeah, I was going to say there's two two children upstairs <laughs> who don't want to be silent for now forty two minutes. So, yeah. but. Anyway, so this is a huge game. Uh, let's be honest, we are massive underdogs. That's yeah. just that's just being real. I watched the whole of the Port and Crows and game, good. and that didn't comfort me at all. At all. <laughs> no. They scored 130-odd points, and it was a rainy, wet day. Yeah, <laughs> it was uh, a wet game. Yeah, so, it's really... It's a uh, their forward setup is a huge concern. Uh, I'm not sure we've been clicking on all cylinders defensively. Um so I'm very concerned, uh, <laughs> to be honest. But if there's ever a club that does pull out these... Over here? Yeah. It's over here? Yeah. 
we just have do have a little bit of a mini history of and again on that of, positive note of upsetting. Hey, Collingwood drew. You know, it was a Collingwood. Yeah, it was only the week before that it was it was a draw, and Collingwood up by fifty. Yep. So they've obviously got the potential to play poor if they want to. And with that positive spin on everything again, guys, we've played badly against the clubs that we should have smashed. Yeah. But we have played very very well against the teams that we should have. Uh, that we, the, yeah, we we're really competitive against yeah. the really top teams, which is. I know Wusher would like to even that out, and yeah. we'd like to make it where we play consistently against everybody. But at the moment, we we yeah, we, it be, is what it is. we play yeah. well. Yeah, it is what it is. And we play well against those top sides. So what do we do? Um, look, I was just trying to think of some tactics today, and um, it was really hard. The hard part is the two players that are out. They're very hard to replace. Yeah. And and I was saying even on today to my good friend Magoo, um, saying look, frustration is that with Merritt out, I would actually normally have said Fantasia then can run through the middle. Yeah. But he's the second guy that's out. Um, so it's it's really difficult. Um, is it Waller? Well, oh, no, not, not as much time in the yeah. mid, but do, do we... I was thinking, like, can you swap a little bit of Waller and Collier um, and yeah. having them a little bit rotate mid, yeah. mid to forward? Because Collier can actually play the forward role Or does Langford well. come in as a forward? Langford's a hard one. Um... Because I've been training him. As Langford a to me here. comes in if Joe happens to not make it. Okay. Um, but then, then on another front, I'm sure ten people are just screaming right now through their podcast and saying Bird, and Bird has every right to come. Absolutely, in yeah. These. So are. look, uh, they're probably a little bit equal. In my, I'm not too fussed either way. Um, they they might pull a surprise and to say, you know, it's just McGrath and Kelly, you know. They just come in and we'll we'll and rearrange we'll, the side yeah, around we'll make and, up for it. and we'll just have the magnets go around the the board a bit yeah. more than usual. Um, I normally I would say, hey, great opportunity for McGrath to play in the midfield, mm. but he was the only guy that could actually had a, a, a sort of a, was effective on bets. Yeah, had a, a look at that he could actually stop him. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone else that was he was killing us bags. And, Love him to death, yeah, but and he's, again, a, he's a bit quick for bags. Watching him the other night, <laughs> it was not comforting watching Eddie Betts. Yeah, no, no. I mean, I love Eddie Betts. You, you got every, football. He's going to have one of the best highlight reels of all time. <laughs> Everybody that loves football loves Eddie Betts. Yeah. Right up until he's a great person, time. great, you know, just skillful, fun to watch. But he won't be fun to watch no. this week. And look, mate, but I'd, McGrath, I'd, I'd love to see yeah, him. Yeah, I'd love to give McGrath the challenge. The great thing we do have a little bit in favour is Kelly's being rested, McGrath got rested, and the whole of the VFL yeah. got rested. Yeah. So you can bring in fresh, very fresh legs. Yep. Um, so so putting just, on the line, who comes in? My gut feeling is McGrath comes in, obviously. Kelly comes in, obviously. And either Laverde or Begley comes in. It would be one of those two. That's my three ins. I'd love to see Begley. I'd and love to see him get a game. So, I, that's it's very hard. It could be Bird, but uh, it's yeah. I don't know if they're going to give Howlett more responsibility in the midfield this week, um, or does he have even have the ability to do a shutdown role on Sloan, um, or does Bird do that? I mean, there's just it's. I tweeted in the early early in the week. It's probably Wush's biggest game since being at Essendon. Wow, that's a bit cool. Well, it's a, such a critical game. We've never like last year we won three. Do we, are we expected to win tomorrow? Like uh, on the weekend? 
Well, you coach to win. Like, but there's still some good players. Yeah, I suppose. you got to think, Adelaide's still going, oh, man, they've got Joe Danaher, you know, they've got yeah. Happel, they've got Waller, you know. You always got to think, they're, they're just as concerned as that's about some of our players. Oh, 100% well. agree. So, there's, you know, and you've got to look at that Collingwood game and go, well, of course you've got hope. Um, yeah. they've, they've, they've been beaten four or five times, so of course you go in going, it's our home stadium. And Essendon fans have a tendency to to really be pumped up when we're not meant to win. And I'd, I'd and love so I, to I, see I, that I kind too. Of, I secretly, I kind of wanted a bit feral yeah. in the first quarter. I want it to be really sort of um, sort of just crazy loud, high pressure. Yeah. Really start to intimidate them. Make them and our first quarters have been great. The yeah. first quarter has been great this year. Wouldn't it be great to get a, like a, a four-goal opening, five-goal opening yeah. quarter and really put some pressure on them and see what Adelaide's made of. Now, they're going to come back. They've got too many good players not to. But yeah. if we can... i tell you what, if we can get that early break... You've got to remember, they're coming off the derby, which is huge emotionally for them. And it was a physical... It still was a physical game, even though they won quite well. Yeah. And they've only got a six-day break. So, hit them hard. Hit them... I agree. Really, from the first... As soon as the siren goes, absolutely kill them. And see if they could just go, I can't be stuffed. <laughs> True. <laughs> they're, at, they're six points clear on the top of the ladder. Yeah. Um, really hit them and just see where they're at. I was thinking before you said um, Hartley will probably get um, old mate uh, X. Oh, Jenkins. Jenkins. Um, and Hurley will probably get... Um, Walker. Wow, I don't know why I can't, I can't think of their names. <laughs> I can finish your names. I just if we could do that, it'd be great. We've known <laughs> each other for a while. Um, is Ambrose capable of taking Walker? Good question. Because Walker's pretty he mobile. Probably could. Well, Ambrose is a pretty strong guy. Yeah. You need strength. Yeah. That's what you need. So yeah, you, true. He could probably take him. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't say he would beat him, but he would. He's. He you definitely could start the game with him and see yeah. how it goes. He's not going to definitely outrun Ambrose, um, but Ambrose is actually is quite strong. Oh. Walker's just got that awkward wide body where it's really yeah. hard to get our fist around. Yeah, true. But then it just comes down to the mids. It, but it always... we need we need you would st- you would probably start with that setup because you need Hurley to be an offensive backman. Yep. yep. And I wouldn't be surprised if <laughs> if Sheeds, I would almost guarantee we have eight in the back line. We have a spare. <laughs> we have Goddard roaming. We have everyone matched Probably. up and yeah. Goddard roaming across half back yeah. in front of them to cut off any leads yeah. and try and do a counter t- a counter attack. Um, it'll be interesting if Wusha has that kind we of. We haven't dare. done that all year though. No, it'll be interesting. But there's some there's some things I go. Gee, if this is the kind of game to just to just to have a bit of boldness, just I agree. to um, I agree. Have a look at the tactics because um, there are some weaknesses. Um, I think their um, Talia is in big doubt for this game. Their main hut. That'd be nice. Back, back. So that frees up a forward. Yeah. Um, uh, but it all it, again, it all comes down to that mid. I mean, if we can, if we we can have match. to somehow match. Like Bell Chambers uh, on source, which is their source, um, has to play well. Like he has to be more competitive than he wants. Was against Cruiser. We yep. need to get. We need to break that fifty-fifty. I think. Big source over there is less mobile than Cruiser and a bit more of a of a good matchup. Yeah, for old Valley. fashioned. Yeah, bit old, more, bit more old fashioned. Decent player, but I think he's yeah. really is going to be more competitive against him. And again, if we can get hands without Zach, if we need to be first at it or somewhere near to being first at it, because if 
if they're if they're getting their hands on it first, Sloan and those guys it's are just going to destroy yeah. us. Well, interesting. If we've talked about it last week, but I'll ask you the question this time. I'll put the pressure on you. Would you tag Sloan? I'm a tagger. Absolutely. I'm a tag <laughs> guy, if required, kind of dude. And my my man, my my previous, he hasn't played all year, so I haven't had my been able to have my man crush, was on um, Buddha Hocking. He's, yeah. he, he did a job, and it's a bit like Paddy Ambrose. He's almost, Paddy Ambrose is like a tagger defensive guy, because... You look up and Paddy hasn't had 35 touches, but you look up and you go, well, what His opponent did... hasn't done anything. Exactly right. His opponent's done nothing, and it really seriously helps. Yep. I guess for if we haven't got Buddha in the side and we haven't got a proper genuine whatever is regarded as a, a tagger nowadays, oh, geez, I'd like to see it happen. Yep. I'd like to see him give him a bill because it, it's effective. It's absolutely effective. And unless you've learned the craft backwards and know how to get past and around taggers, they can be really devastating. Like Sarakis was getting tagged and it, his game dropped off. Zach has been tagged and your game drops off. It's just if you've got that negating negative yeah. um, tagger, it, it's really effective. And one out off Sloan. And I bet you Wusha has heard it from a million places. I bet you he wish he tagged Johannesson. Mm. I bet you he does. I mean, he, he, he's got to know that at some stage, you had to put someone hard on Johannesson. Yeah. And if Sloan gets off, or anybody in that midfield starts to get off, geez, it'd be nice to go and put Myers on his hip, to go and put Langford on his hip, to go and put somebody on that Howlett, bloke's yeah, hip, yeah. or Howlett, on that bloke's hip, and just say, no, nah, no, nah, I'm not I'm not doing that. I'm, you, you can't have this, I'm going to be hanging off your rear end for the entire game, or until he mm-hmm. calms down, and we get back to, to even footings. But yep. that's percent. I mean, I'll, I'll pass on my uh, views to, to Wisher, and I'm sure he'll take them on. Well, we'll both be there. Cheering. Absolutely. Um, look forward to it Saturday night. Um, I really... It would be, be amazing if we got a win. Um, yeah, we definitely go in oh, underdogs, geez, but oh, it would be amazing. Oh, but I, 40-odd thousand. Let's get 40-odd thousand. Absolutely. 40 yeah, let's, if we can. let's win this attendance award. 40-odd thousand. Because we know we've got the Suns next week, which is a low crowd. So let's get, let's get this game. And... But, but more than that, guys, you would love to see this if we win. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. If, if, we get, if we get over Adelaide, that puts the cat amongst the pigeons big time. Yeah. We've got, a, we've got Gold Coast, which we should win. There's the two out of three. We we've we are yeah. really and then Frio at home and then Frio at home so we're we're a serious chance at that stage so and and, uh, and I don't, then a week off don't have to tell everybody this but the more people you get there and the more noise you make the players absolutely love it so um, like I said Scotty and I'll be there we will be cheering with the rest of you guys and and we, we're really looking forward to that win yep anyway thanks so uh, much guys are we done I think we are we're ticking over fifty four minutes so um. Again, thanks very much for uh, for listening to us here at the at the lunchtime catch up. Yeah, look, the the structure will change quite a bit from here on. Where hopefully now we would almost almost weekly have a, a guest on. So yeah, um, it will be great at least for the next month or so with the end of the footy season. So we really want to come on strong now. And um, so glad you liked when us two are talking most of it yep. for fifty odd minutes. Uh, but really really appreciate the comments um, from everyone around the world who's listening. Um, thank you so <laughs> around much around the world which is it just freaks us out we've got Sweden and Germany and all sorts of places listening to us which is great and I guess the more feedback you give us the better we can make this podcast to um, um, for you guys and and the 
the more tailored we can make it to what you guys want to hear from us because um, we're just two blokes having a chat in Scotty's basement and um, the, the more feedback we get from you the better so yeah thanks again for uh, for listening and we'll see you guys next week thanks guys